Okay. Oh, I'm going to pop some bottles. Okay, pop it. Ready? Give her. Oh, wait. Oh! <laughs> I was more excited than it needed to be. We'll have to shave that high note off. Okay, I'm I'm pouring. Why are we uh, toasting today? Today we are toasting because we recently had a uh, mayoral race. A civic election, one might say. You might. One might. We have a new mayor. Congratulations to uh, Scott Gillingham. Congrats. And uh, congratulations to Brian Bowman for not burning the city down (laughs) while it was... uh, is that what we're toasting? Under his care. <laughs> I think we should toast that. The city is still standing, and uh, we have a new mayor. Although not the best voter turnout. No. No. Uh, a little stat on, from Twitter. 73% of voters did not vote for the new mayor. <laughs> Uh-oh. 64% of the city didn't vote at all. So shame. 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 I think that's really, it is shameful. I think it's, uh, everyone I know voted. Everyone that I follow on Twitter voted. So I'm wondering where these other people are. Yeah. Where are they? I don't know. Did you want to say something about the importance of voting? Well, you know, (laughs) we can only learn from history. (laughs) How so? Well, it turns out, (laughs) as you may or may not know, Mm -hmm. the mayor of Jaws Mm -hmm. is the same mayor as Jaws 2. So there you go. Punctuating the importance <laughs> of voter turnout. Cue the Jaws theme song. <laughs> da, dun, da, dun. I'm Rebecca. I'm Paige. And this is Made From What's Left. Mayoral Madness. <laughs> <laughs> the working title of this episode is Mayoral Madness. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay, so I heard our new mayor only works at night. Is that true? Makes him a night mayor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought I was the one with the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm, just bring the bad ones. I'm passing out cocktails. Young Rebecca? Should we have a toast? We should have a toast. Did that work? Did it work? Yeah, yeah, we're getting thumbs up. Um, so we have a few things to talk about today. We have some fun facts about mayors. And City Hall. And City Hall. All the City Halls. All of the City Hall. All three. Do, should we just address the elephant in the room? Yes. The big gingerbread elephant in the room? <laughs> I love gingerbread and a mimosa. <laughs> the most inappropriate pairing I could come up with. Okay, so Winnipeg's current City Hall. Yes. Uh, went up in what year? Oh my God! You're gonna make me go backwards. Sixty-four. Sure, sure. Let's say, let's. We'll we'll correct that later. We'll <laughs> fact check that as we go. Prior to yep the current city hall yep there was a big fanciful city hall yep affectionately known as the gingerbread city hall. It was hot take. <laughs> I think it was a bit of a train wreck. I don't think that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> People are very attached to this city hall. But the people that are attached to it aren't the ones that had to live through it. True. Live during its time. Or during its conception, even. Yeah. So, uh, so much scandal. Do you, want to, do you want to tell us about the Gingerbread City Hall? I could. I could talk about the building. Is it bit. on the current site? Is it on the site of the current City Hall, or is it located somewhere else? Um, it is on... It's near the current site of the the uh, original city hall. So we have had three buildings. 
Okay. We sort of glazed over the first one. Okay. Let's start. Um, let's start at the very beginning. Oh, beginning, sure. beginning. Okay. Before there was a building. Okay. I think they met um, on the second floor of a building on Main Street. I don't know those facts. Well, <laughs> good time to remind <laughs> listener <laughs> not to use any of these facts <laughs> at your next cocktail party. Um, no, but there was before they had a building to meet in. I think that they met either above a furniture store mm. or in an office. Okay. Something a little more slapdash. Yep. The very first city hall was? It uh, opened in 1976. 1976. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that. 1876. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was demolished in 1883. And if you can math, that's seven years. They really uh, went through that one. Was it stone construction? Wood construction? <laughs> straw? Perhaps? <laughs> Just a little of this and a little of that slapped together. It was actually a pretty darling little building, mm-hmm. uh, but it was built on the infilled Browns Creek, oh. which meant it almost immediately, within months, was suffering from structural issues. Gotcha. It was a brick structure. It cost uh, $40,000. Mm-hmm. Um, had lovely coining on the on the corners. Coining, you say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like that? Uh-huh. Um, and which, which it, for listener, is an articulation of the corner, mm-hmm. texture, color, size, or projection. Um, it had a really nice mansard roof. Oh, I love a mansard roof. And um, But plagued with issues, really, from the get-go. And uh, so not a lot of people even know that one ever existed. Okay. So then we then we come to Winnipeg. So we're taking your word for it. We, yeah, we are. You're the only person. <laughs> uh, so this is Winnipeg's second city hall, a.k.a. the gingerbread. <laughs> the gingerbread building. Um, they started construction in 1884. Okay. Um, it opened to little or no fanfare in 1886. <laughs> and part of the reason for that... Mm-hmm was um the process during construction was at, was just rife with problems mm-hmm. so they went through s- two three-ish architects they went through <laughs> and each one added their own little stamp <laughs> to the project yeah. it looks like <laughs> they went through a couple builders okay and uh, there was all kinds of scandal. I think that the um, the architect whose name is sort of associated with the building is... Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> um, Barber. Barber? Charles Barber. So um, the architect who won the project, mm-hmm. ultimately, um, was a uh, convicted extortionist. <laughs> kind of on brand it's kind of an interesting side hustle to architecture um and uh yeah i think he was uh you know like a little bit stabby oh it's very interesting but anyway so that was that was the gingerbread city hall so there were that that whole process the construction of it that it was um had all kinds of issues with the location of the building so it was pushed back from the street for the same reason that the first city hall was 
um, had structural issues. It was on uh, a creek. It was on a creek. Um, there were problems with the construction materials. The architect never, it was actually a design competition. The architect never got paid <laughs> the award fee Whoops! Whoops! over two years, I think, before he saw any money. And I think it's actually because maybe he sued the city mm-hmm. to get the money he was owed. <laughs> so yeah, scandal. But that building served Winnipeg for over 80 years. So Winnipegers now will say like, wow, why was that torn down? It was such a beautiful building. I wish that was our city hall now. It's romanticized. It's romanticized. Apparently, in addition to structural problems, uh, the rooms were very small. And there was only, I think, 30 rooms. Mm -hmm. They had a problem with heating. I mean, obviously not cooling (laughs) (laughs) at that time. (laughs) But not a practical civic building for a growing city. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact. Do tell. Do you know about the iron casket that was placed in the cornerstone of the building? No. So when the building was constructed, uh, they placed an iron casket into the cornerstone, which is what we would call a time capsule now. Oh, time capsule. So not a body. Okay. (laughs) All right. Phew. Um, But they had all kinds of cool things put into this casket. Um, Currency, all different kinds of currency. Neat. Um, That's it. Just currency. No. (laughs) Uh, There was currency put into it, um, lists of winners from the agricultural fair, just a bunch of random stuff. And then the weirdest thing was they put in a jar of grasshoppers. What? Because right before the building was constructed, um, Winnipeg's or Manitoba's wheat crop had been decimated by grasshoppers. Oh. So they kept a bunch of these grasshoppers and some of the wheat that remained and put those into the cornerstone. And uh, a few years ago, they had opened it up and put it on display in current City Hall. Can you go see a jar of grasshoppers right now? You could at the time. Oh. I think it's uh, it's part of the archives. Okay. So I I have seen the contents. It was pretty cool. What about the currency? The currency? I don't know. I imagine the currency stayed part of the uh, collection. Or is it in the new time capsule? No. Oh, okay. No, because I think there is a time capsule in the current city hall. Yeah. This is not part of it, but it's part of the archives. So they had it on display in a sealed case. And That's amazing. People could go and look at it and take pictures. And Of all the things to put in a time capsule, mm-hmm. jar of crickets. Yeah. And what's interesting is they, I think they have like tested the, cr- the crickets, the grasshoppers. They have DNA tested the grasshoppers. <laughs> And it's, did I call them crickets? You did call them crickets. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> the sound after my next fun fact <laughs> versus. <laughs> um, so they've tested them, and I guess it's this type of grasshopper that's now basically extinct. Oh. But was quite common on the prairies at that time. That's wild. That was a fun fact. It's like sort of putting your nemesis in your time capsule. Yes. Okay. So the Gingerbread City Hall torn down and replaced with our current modernist structure yes which we talked about a little bit in episode four Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) episode four yeah wherein we discuss brutalism um anything you'd like to say about that one the new one Mm -hmm. i have okay so i have a very detailed set of notes (laughs) About the process for choosing the location. Okay. 
So I'm going to like read through these notes. Sure. And then we're going to decide whether we want to keep this or not. Okay. Whether this is interesting or not. I find this very interesting. You read, I drink. Okay. So in 1913, a committee was struck recommending the replacement of the gingerbread city hall. 1913. So wait. So 50 years later? 50 years later. Okay. So 1913, the committee was struck. Struck? Formed. The committee was formed? I don't know. There was a committee. It it was was struck. Um, And uh, it was was also a design competition. Okay. And um, a Saskatchewan firm actually won the bid. But um, economic downturn and escalation of the events that led to World War II Mm -hmm. halted all those plans. So then in 1947, (laughs) (laughs) new committee. It took a bit. It took a bit. Um, The considered locations for the new city hall were either where it is now or the northwest corner Broadway and Osborne. So we've talked about that in past episodes. Oh boy, yes. I don't think we need to go there. (laughs) We're not going to. So, okay. So 1947, Mm -hmm. two locations are considered, right? Okay. In... um, in 1954, a committee was struck suggesting the Main Street site. Okay. In 1956, Mayor George Sharp wrote the Premier asking for the gift of the Broadway and Osborne site. Okay. And the Premier agreed. Oh. In 1957, Juba takes office. Sure. And he negotiates with the provincial government to allow citizens to vote on the location. Oh. <laughs> I love when things are left to a vote. Yeah. Crowdsourcing <laughs> ideas. Slightly over 60% voted Broadway. Wow. So in 1958, mm-hmm. provincial politics, blah, 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 a panel was struck, including a Toronto architect who said it should be on King Street. Okay. The province supported this. Okay. In 1959, <laughs> council unanimously uh-huh. approved the Broadway site. Oh. Winnipeg Downtown Business Association went public with their opposition, arguing for the Main Street site. Of course. The Broadway site was also opposed by the Canadian Legion, who wanted Memorial Park. Ah. So we didn't have Memorial Park at that point. Not yet. Okay. In 1960, City Council reaffirmed the choice of Broadway. Okay. The province paid the city $800,000 to abandon the Broadway site. You literally just said what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> what? City hires the U of M professor John Russell to to restudy the location. Mm-hmm. He comes up with seven different sites. None of them are the Broadway site. Okay. The, the results were two recommendations: the St. Paul's College site, um, which is the north side of Ellis, east of Belmoral. Okay. Or the Main Street site. Back to Main Street. City Council rejected the recommendation for the St. Paul site. <laughs> of course. Approved the second choice. The original. The Main Street site. Yeah, okay. And then the new complex opens in 1964. Holy moly. Isn't that a roller coaster? It was. I would like to take some of those original voting results and overlay them with the results of the <laughs> Portage and Main vote. <laughs> 
I mean, there weren't as many Winnipeggers. No, that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that plays in. You can extrapolate the data. Right. Um, so the current building that's on the site, of course, we talked about a little bit, but designed in the international style, mm-hmm. stressing materials and proportions mm-hmm. over ornamentation. Right. Because we had kind of been there <laughs> and done that. <laughs> it's a, a little bit of a stark contrast. Quite. From the highly ornamented <laughs> gingerbread city hall. Um, so steel frame, limestone cladding, which came from Garson, Manitoba. Okay. Shout out to Garson. Yeah. Glass block, which you would have known because mm-hmm. you would have tried to look through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the podium that the building sits on is Quebec granite. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, the architect was GBR at the time known as Green Blankstein Russell and Associates. Um, and there's something kind of neat about them. All the founding partners of GBR were University of Manitoba grads. Well, that's cool. Isn't it? That is homegrown project. Yeah. And so, um, to not bore everyone to death with architectural facts, the last (laughs) thing I wanted to say... Is what GBR is also known for, because it kind of positions some of the time. Okay. Wildwood Park. Oh. Sherry Zadek Synagogue. Yes. Uh, the U of M Engineering Building. Okay. The Defoe Library. All right. St. George's Anglican Church. The Norquay Building. Mm-hmm. Polo Park. Polo Park. Polo Park. Like the original Polo Park, like the open air Polo Park. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> but probably. I think so. <laughs> And uh, maybe most notably, well, I don't know. Those are all pretty notable, but Winnipeg International Airport. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So that's all the, the uh, architectural facts I have for you. That's exciting. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So the mayor, um, the mayor at the time yep. of the uh, the tearing down of the old city hall yep. and the building of the new city hall. <laughs> so the mayor at the time was none other than Stephen Juba. Yep. Big favorite of ours. Friend of the pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't confirm this. Well, I, I mean, I could confirm it if I actually took a minute to look. Uh, Winnipeg's longest serving mayor. Uh, 1957 to 1977. So that's 20 you years. Imagine. <laughs> he went through at least two Cadillacs in that time. <laughs> went uh, through? Well, he had. We, <laughs> when he first entered office, he drove a bright yellow Cadillac. Wow. And then at one point he was driving a lavender Cadillac. A lavender Cadillac. Either of them uh, convertible? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I did hear a rumor that there was a mayor who parked his Cadillac inside City Hall. So now I'm wondering if that was Juba. Where inside City Hall? Like in the basement of City Hall? Did you somehow? Just sort of put it in the freight elevator? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know the logistics. (laughs) It's a rumor. We like rumors. <laughs> Spreading rumors. Um, do you want some Juba fun facts? I do. Okay, I have two pretty funny Juba stories. So uh, he left school at 15. Wow. If you can imagine, which would be like what, grade 10? Seven. Grade seven. How many times Did were you just held back? <laughs> um, so Stephen Juba, as a youth, he really liked building things. Okay. And so he would build little shacks and structures and, and different things. So when he was a teen, he built a one-room house on a vacant lot beside behind his family's home. Cool. And so the idea was that he would use this as like a clubhouse for his like little gang of friends or whatever. That's amazing. So this was in the Brooklyn's area. Okay. The municipality ordered him 
to tear it down or remove it. What? What was on a vacant lot? It was on. Oh. <clears throat> um, so he had built this one room house on a vacant lot. I see. A land not owned by himself. Um, so he was ordered to remove it. Yeah. He went out and he found a guy who was renting a place for $6 a month. And he said to this guy, hey, look, are you an idiot? You're giving someone else money. You can rent to own this place. 180 bucks, no money down. And all you have to do is pay me $4 a month. So the guy's like, well, actually, that does sound like a pretty good deal. <laughs> so he signs a contract with Juba, gives him the first month's rent. And Juba says, OK, and you've got 14 hours to get it off this property. <laughs> Okay, so he was a landlord, apparently, who so, didn't have land. Right. Okay. So he, the guy actually bought a piece of land and moved this one-room house. And apparently, it's had a couple of additions, but it still stands today. No way. In the Brooklyn's area. Come yeah. on. Apparently so. we got to make a pilgrimage. Yeah, we got to go find it. I'd like to see that. <laughs> so He's, what, sorry, what year did he build it? He oh, he was a teen. Yeah. At the time, so. I don't know. Mm. Okay, we should look. This would be he was the was he not the construction yep. foreman for the first Salisbury house? Yeah, and that was in the thirties. Yeah, so this would be before that, late eighteen something something, probably maybe. That's amazing. Nineteen fifteen, nineteen twenty. I don't know. Like he made a thing. He built a thing. He built a thing, and it's still kicking around. Apparently so. Okay, we're definitely gonna have to go find that. Yeah, that's so cool. That's pretty cool. Okay, crazy Stu- Stephen Juba story number two. Okay, so later he would go on to open a paint store. Okay, and he had a small showroom with some color samples. Okay, people would come in and they'd say, "Okay, I'd like two gallons of this color," and he'd go, "Okay, let me grab that from the back." Burnt ochre, sure, probably. <laughs> he Burnt would umber. I mean, he would go into the back room. Yeah. He would leave the building, he'd run across train tracks, and he would buy the paint from a factory Come and then bring on. it back as if he had just taken it out of stock. What a smart cookie. What a smart cookie. We could do a whole hour of Juba. Well, and maybe we should. We could call it the Jubilation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, going with the theme mm-hmm. of voted most likely to. Yeah. The mayor most likely to get arrested. Oh, hang on. No, that's an architect I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cornish. Oh, it has to be. Has to be Cornish. He was a he was a uh, son of a gun. He was a son of a gun. Do you want some Cornish stories? I do. Okay. Because I am full of them. <laughs> You're full of Cornish <laughs> stories? Um, Let me have it. So before he was the mayor of Winnipeg, he was actually the mayor of London, Ontario. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Career politician. Yeah. Um, while he was out in London, Ontario, he was uh, convicted of assaulting a British commander who had been bragging about having an affair with Cornish's wife. <laughs> um, he was uh, convicted and he was fined $8 oh! for the crime. What? Could we do like a quick inflation calculator to see what that's like? <laughs> you're well, already, we've established that you're bad at math. Wait, well, we have computers for that. What year? Like roughly? Oh, I don't know. Before 1872. Okay. All right. That cost, a basket of goods and services cost $8. Mm-hmm. And what year? Let's say 1870. 1870. In 2022? <laughs> you entered 1870 
Please enter a year in the range of 1914 to 2022. We're we going to have to go with 1914. <laughs> well, we know it'll be worse than this. So here we go. 1914. $203 is still really That's low. still really low. Yeah. Okay. Assault costs 203 bucks and 60 cents. Right. <laughs> so in 1872, Cornish moved to Winnipeg. Okay. 1873, Winnipeg was incorporated as a city. And 18- Did he have anything to do with that? I thought, well, yeah, he yeah. did some negotiation for the provincial government okay. at that time. 1874, he defeated William Luxton in Winnipeg's first mayoral election. Ha! But here's the thing. Um, the final tally, Cornish had 383 votes to Luxton's 179 votes. Okay. There were only 382 voters eligible to <laughs> okay. vote in the city Hang at on. the time. I know I'm bad at math, but... <laughs> but how did he get more votes than there were voters? Please explain. Corruption? At the time, there was a little bit of a loophole okay. that property owners could vote for each piece of property that they owned. Or they could have one vote for each poll. Oh. So if you owned property in different parts, you would get a vote in each area. Ha! Ha! ha. And he, of course, encouraged his supporters to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he probably had several pieces of property. Right. You didn't get a ballot for each one. Whilst he was mayor, he was arrested uh, for a DUI <laughs> one night. He was out riding around in his horse and buggy, <laughs> and he got arrested he for a through- DUI. I don't know, maybe the horse was drunk. Or we, or he went through a red light camera. Maybe. Um, he was thrown in jail for the night to sober up. <laughs> in the morning, he was brought into court. Now, at the time, he was the mayor, but he was also the magistrate. <laughs> So he stood in front of his own. Minute. He stood in front of his own empty bench. <laughs> Did he run back and forth between the uh, basically <laughs> defendant's yeah. bench and the <laughs> pretty much? So he uh, pled guilty. He pled guilty to he, himself. He pled guilty to himself. Then he uh, no wait how to go. So he stood in front of his uh, his own bench. Yeah. Uh, to plead his crime. Sorry. Acting as magistrate, he found himself guilty. I just punched the mic. Sorry. <clears throat> so acting as magistrate, he found himself guilty. Okay. Fined himself $5. Less than he was ordered to pay when punching someone. And also, because he could, he waived the fine. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very just man. Oh, my. That seems shady. It does seem shady. So uh, after his... Uh, term as Winnipeg's mayor he took a run at provincial government okay unsuccessfully and then he took another run at being Winnipeg's mayor oh again unsuccessfully oh okay so we have what do we have to remember Cornish we have the Cornish library yeah which will feature in uh what we're hoping will feature feature in a future episode about libraries yes and problematic names (laughs) place names (laughs) yeah that's my, that's my amazing uh, Cornish story. So he's most likely to get arrested. Most likely to cobble. I'm going to give Sh- that to... A shoemaker? Uh, I'm going to give that to Thomas Ryan. Go Thomas. He was the mayor of Winnipeg in 1889. Known as the Shoe King. Nice. Uh, he made a business selling shoes and boots out of the Ryan block, what became the Ryan block at 492 Main Street. He served a one-year term as mayor... And he was the one who imposed restrictions for Sunday shopping. No way. Ironically, yeah. Kate, do you want an enthusiastic aside about Thomas? Sure. 
If you had to guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no shame here. All right. How many Winnipeg mayors were named Thomas? Eight. Oh, six. Six, really? I thought that was a lot. That is. She I was, goes and guesses eight. I was trying to figure out how many of them were Virgos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that that matters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry, sorry, carry on. Uh, most likely to end up with famous neighbors. Ooh. Bowman. William Nassau Kennedy. Oh, Nassau and Kennedy. William Nassau Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, he could not have more streets named after him. Uh, he served as Winnipeg's mayor from 1875 to 1876. Okay. He is buried in Highgate Cemetery in London. Ooh. Opposite Karl Marx. Oh, yes. How yeah. cool is that? Very cool. Famous neighbors. I like it. <laughs> but also there's other things. What? Like Deacon. Yeah. Thomas Ross Deacon, Winnipeg mayor from 1913 to 1914. He campaigned on developing a new source of water for the city oh. from Shoal Lake. Wow. And so Deacon's... Corner? Deacon's Corner. Deacon's Basin. <laughs> All the Deacons. So it's not necessarily a street, but it's a thing. It's a thing. I like it. That would be my fun fact about Thomas Deacon. Nice. So most likely to be in a pickle. In a pickle. Who? David J. Dyson. Tell me about David J. Dyson. I have three things to tell you about David J. Dyson as I hold up four fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, His family owned the Dyson and Gibson Spice Mills, makers of seven-day pickles. What? I don't even know what What seven-day pickles are, (laughs) but I want them. Like, does it take them seven days to make? Or is it seven days to eat? Is it a pickle that would last you seven days? Or is it... Like a jawbreaker? (laughs) An all-day sucker? A seven-day pickle? I don't know. Is it a religion, like the Seventh-day Adventists? Oh, you never know. We don't know. Um, David Dyson is our shortest-serving mayor. As in stature or period of time? (laughs) Period of time. Oh, okay. I have no comment about his height. <laughs> he was elected in 1917. Uh, he lost his seat in a recount to Frederick Davidson three days later. <gasps> what? He was Winnipeg's mayor for three days. Third fun fact, he is the great-great-grandfather of CNN's Jake Tapper. Come on. It's a fact. All right. Um, most likely to be a time traveler. Okay, I'm going to have to go with Webb. Yeah, Lieutenant Colonel Ralph Webb. He looks like he stepped out of, you know, my office Yeah, today. Yeah. He looks a lot like uh, Roger Sterling from Mad Men. Yeah. If I had to pick a celebrity that he looks like. <laughs> he held office from 1930 to 1934. Webb's fun fact, he was born at sea. What? He was born on a ship between England and India. He later went on to work as a deckhand on a whaling ship. That's so cool. Right? It's in his blood. Right? So he was a whaler and then he was a mayor. Kind of cool. John Queen, most likely to drop the soap. Oh. (laughs) Oof. 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 Uh, Served as Winnipeg's mayor from 1938 to 1942. He was a leader of the general strike in 1919. And he actually went to jail for it and served a one-year term in prison. Crazy. But then, you know, that was 1919, 1920. 
18 years later, all was forgiven and he was made Winnipeg's mayor. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Although when you think about it, not really. Because <laughs> it seems like right now you can get away with pretty much anything yeah. <laughs> and still hold office. Um, I have something interesting about uh, Mr. Queen. Okay. So while he was mayor, uh, we had a visit from the royal family. Right. Do you know this story? Well, the beaver? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to hear no. about that. I want to hear about that. <laughs> so um, <laughs> a CBC reporter um, was narrating yeah. during the visit, especially, particularly when they arrived. And Oh, I do know this story, but please continue okay. because it's hilarious. Okay. So uh, it was the visit of King George VI mm-hmm. and Queen Elizabeth. Right. And at the time, our prime minister was Mackenzie King. Right. And our mayor <laughs> was John Queen. Right. And so... <laughs> Much like a podcast, this was all happening on the radio. On the radio. With no visual clues. Yeah. So I have this amazing thing that I want you to read for our listener. <laughs> okay. I'm up for the challenge. Are you? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's obviously that and... Um, Unfortunately, it's got those little OBJs things in it. But All right. So this is from the Royal Visit in 1939. Yeah. Uh, I have to put on my vest, like, old-timey radio voice. See? See? Here comes the royal family now. The automobile has stopped. Oh, there's the king. He's stepping out, followed by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, Natalie attired in a silver coat. Mr. King is now shaking hands with the king and introducing Mr. Queen to the king and queen and then Mrs. Queen to the queen and king. They are now proceeding up the steps to the well-decorated city hall. The king and Mr. King together with the queen being escorted by Mrs. Queen. (laughs) The king has now stopped and said something to Mrs. Queen and goes to Mrs. Queen and the queen and Mr. King and the queen laughing jovially. (laughs) The king leaves Mr. King and goes to Mrs. Queen and the queen and Mr. King follow behind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there is my audition tape for cbc can you imagine the the laughs in that <laughs> studio while that happened who's on first <laughs> so there we have it all right most likely to bowl you over is this hat related no oh. but this will be a name that you would know Mayor Brian Bowman. <laughs> You're not going to eke a pun out of this one. <laughs> I just did. Robert A. Steen. Okay. Um, so we know him as a Winnipeg mayor. Uh, community center and part of Riverview Health are named after him. But also, the winner of the Manitoba Marathon is awarded the Mayor Robert Steen Memorial Trophy. Oh. And... Top pins over average bowler at the Manitoba Master Bantam Junior Five Pin. That's oddly specific. Tournament <laughs> is also awarded the Mayor Robert Steen Memorial Trophy. But only if you're wearing brown and over five feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> so you do get either way. If you win the Manitoba Marathon or five pin bowling, you get a Robert Steen Memorial Trophy. Neato. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's a fun fact. Yeah. He likes other people's shoes. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> No, I mean bowling. Oh, he likes to wear other people's yeah. shoes. It didn't say in any of my research if he was a big bowler and or a runner. Oh. Which makes me think he wasn't either, but... Maybe just a, a way to honor him. Right. A bowling and running enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like bowling? I, I'm not... I can't get behind running, but... 
Who didn't like bowling? Most likely to fight like a girl. Susan Thompson? Susan A. Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it had to be. (laughs) Winnipeg's first female mayor. Yep. And only? So far. Yeah. Yeah. The only female mayor. Yeah. We can say only. (laughs) Winnipeg's first openly female mayor. Yes, openly. Uh, She served from 1992 to 1998. Yeah. In 2014, she gave a speech at a Chamber of Commerce meeting. Okay. I'm not sure if it was the state of the city or if it was just one of their meetings um, about this, about Winnipeg's future. And one of her suggestions uh, was laser pyramids at Portage and Maine. I'm behind. I could get behind that. Right. Laser pyramids. Laser pyramids at Portage and Maine. That what? that would be like a, a fun thing for Winnipeg. Yeah. Bring people together. How do we, how do we, how do we get that going? <laughs> Do you want the water park or do you want the laser pyramids? Both. Why do <laughs> not mutually exclusive? Why do we have to pick? Yeah. Uh, the administration building yes. at City Hall yeah. is now named the Susan A. Thompson. Oh, I didn't even know that building. Mm-hmm. Ah. Was it named that when you were there? No. Oh, okay. So that's newer? I think that's newer. I okay. Think that's since. All right. Uh, <laughs> Glenn Murray, uh, who was just taking a run for this recent yeah stab at being mayor he was our mayor from 1998 to 2004 he was the first openly gay mayor of a large north american city and big on infrastructure from what i can remember north american city yeah like not just openly gay yes (laughs) that's the that's the difference that's that's the caveat okay that's awesome yeah i moved away from winnipeg in 1998 and returned in 2008 Oh, you missed him. I missed the whole thing. Oh, boo. But uh, good on him. I was here. He used to shop at a store on court and then okay. I used to work I at. held down the fort. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, but big on infrastructure. Lots of projects. Yeah. I think happened during his time. Yeah. The Esplanade Real. It did. So you did mention that I, uh, you did hint that I had worked at City Hall for a spell. I hinted. No, you mentioned outright several <laughs> times. Anyway, sorry. Yes. I did work in uh, in the mayor's office when Sam Cates was the mayor. And? I can speak to no scandal. Oh. Because there wasn't any or because you are bound by rules? Or I'm clueless. Oh. No, um, when I was there, I don't think that anything would have happened right under my nose. Okay. Obviously. But I had a great time working for him. Yeah? But I, I loved working for him. I had so much fun. I spent a lot of time with him. Do you want to say what you did? I was working in his communications department. And and uh, communicating? I was communicating. I uh, <laughs> wrote a lot of his speeches and speaking notes. Oh. And then when he went to deliver said speeches and speaking notes and cut ribbons and stick shovels and things, <laughs> I would go along as a, a handler, <laughs> I guess you could say. So we spent a lot of time chit-chatting about Winnipeg and music. He's a big music fan. Mm. So we had some good times. Um, this is all hot goss. You said you didn't have it. It is hot. It is all hot goss. Yeah. It was pretty good. We had some good times. Um, I remember when I first started there. So because I had moved away and moved back, I had missed some of the, the juicier stories. Mm. And I remember we were the first, um, team to put the Winnipeg mayor's office on Twitter. Ooh. So that was weeks and weeks and weeks of discussion and how are we going to go about this? And yeah. We wanted to make it clear that it was tweets from the mayor's office not. and not tweets from the mayor. Okay. 
because we yeah. didn't want people to think that he was just sitting around tweeting all day <laughs> because he wasn't. Um, but I remember getting a tweet right in the beginning. Someone said something about him kicking a kid in the face. Oh, and I remember saying to my director what? of communications, can you believe this? And she's like, well, no, no, that one actually happened. Oh, oh. did what? you ever hear about that? There was a Sam sock. Keats kicked a kid in the face. Well, it was an accident, but it was How during accidentally kick a kid in the face. He was playing soccer with kids. And he's very competitive, and he's very athletic. <laughs> young Rebecca's turning red. Poor young Rebecca. This is well before her time. <laughs> Sam Cates was a child kicker. Well, <laughs> see, I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I guess we all have our thing. Yeah, but I had a, a super fun time working in City Hall. Yeah. I had keys to a secret passageway. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you because you alluded. I cannot uh, divulge the location. Can you say what it connects? Uh, in the event of emergency, it would be a way to get the mayor out of the building. Oh, a secret escape hatch. A secret. Are a we allowed to know where it goes? Hatch. No. Dang. But I did have the keys. I had the last desk before council chambers, so that was oh. always fun. Oh, so you must have seen... I saw the All parade people. of everyone coming through and back and forth. Traipsing. Yeah, they would traipse. Yeah. Um, and I did get to go from the concert hall parking garage to City Hall. There's a tunnel that connects the two. Okay, so See, ladies and gentlemen, we know it's not the concert hall. <laughs> <laughs> it is not the concert hall. <laughs> Have you ever been in that tunnel? If I was going to escape hatch out of City Hall, that's where I'd want to go, though. Across Maine? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't go that way. Oh, dang it. It doesn't launch over the, out of the roof. <laughs> um, the basement of City Hall is a little bit interesting. Oh, do tell. There is a press room down there. Okay. A room for the reporters. And they recently renovated it, but for a long time it was kind of gross. Uh, like a press office. Just gross because it's a basement or Just gross because I think it was original to the 60s and had never been... Hmm renovated or redecorated i think it had mops in it at one point oh yeah gosh we wouldn't want to have mops no in our basements <laughs> speaking of scandals <laughs> and the the only scandal that i was involved in at city hall um was one day i was wearing very bright yellow tights uh oh mustard yellow tights and that was the one day that someone took a picture of me coming down the big staircase at city hall <laughs> behind the mayor and it was on the front page of the sun but why is that a scandal? I was told not to wear such loud tights after that. Too lively for the mayor's day? <laughs> it was too lively for the very sedate mayor's office. <laughs> Yellow some, pants. Yeah, we did some fun things when uh, Calacus was closing. Mm -hmm. We had started the honorary street naming program okay. around that time. So we named a portion of Main Street after Mary Calacus. Ooh, honorary naming, meaning um, sections of the street have sort of... An uh, honorary name. Yeah, yeah. so it, like a uh, ceremonial uh, Yeah, it doesn't change the street address. Right. But the street is designated as honorary... We have honorary Israel Asper Way. I think that there is... Oh, I thought that was actually the street name there. Maybe it is now. Well, well maybe I, that one is. There's don't uh, take my word for it, though. But they do expire. Oh. Honorary namings do expire. Do they put up signage? Yeah. Okay. Blue half circle signs. Yeah. Okay. I've seen these. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we had named a section of Main Street Mary Calacus Way. Okay. 
And we took a city bus, the mayor and all the city councilors that could come. We took a city bus to Caleccas. We picked up lunch. Okay. And then we took it back and we ate it in the mayor's office. Oh, cool. So it was kind of neat. Yeah. We paid for lunch for everyone. What did you eat? I think I probably had a hot dog. And was your hair straightened? What were you wearing? <laughs> I was not wearing yellow tights, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you learned. We learned from our mistakes. But yeah, that was pretty cool. It was fun times at the mayor's office. And then uh, I worked there right up until the end, the end of his term when he decided not to run again. Mm. I was escorted from the building. <laughs> no ascension for you. <laughs> or no, none. no acclamation for you. <laughs> none. <laughs> Clean out your desk. <laughs> yeah. Aw. But it was super. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to go from here? Cue the music. No. no. <laughs> I have a, um, since we last spoke. Oh. So remember we were discussing the corner <laughs> oh no. of Wellington and Academy? And how it only crosses Academy twice, well, not three, three times. times but okay, does it? That's not, yeah. Okay. Neither here nor there. Okay. Um, Since we last spoke. Okay. So you know about our uh, legislation, salvation, yep. and so on. So I have a new- Insubordination. Yeah. I have a, <laughs> I have a new name okay. for the corner of Academy and Wellington Crescent, starting in the northwest corner. Uh-huh. Salvation. Uh-huh. Salvation. Uh-huh. Salvation. Uh-huh. Salvation. <laughs> Do you approve? I like it. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe we missed that <laughs> last time we talked. Salvation times four. <laughs> I even had to look up whether there's salvation in Judaism. <laughs> I did my homework. It's not the same, but it's there. The concept's there. I can't believe you went with salvation instead of education. Well, but it's a girl. It's a Catholic school. True. Salvation. <laughs> Ish. Ish. <laughs> Not to be judgy. Okay. What else? What else have we got? I don't know. Those are all my fun facts. Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music.